Today's episode is brought to us by CS Instant Coffee, the best coffee for any adventure you're going to go on. Use the code ADVENTURE at csinstant.coffee and get 50% off through September and October. So give it a shot. And we're also brought to you by Rome Products. They make elastic knit minimalist style wallets with all sorts of designs. Get 20% off the perfect minimalist wallet for all your adventures. It'll hold everything you need by going to wheredoyouroam.com and use the code PODCAST with a capital P at checkout. And last but not least, we have Umbras, the sunglasses that removed the arms and replaced it with a cord that you can cinch comfortably around your head. It will not fall off whatever you throw at it. So go to ombraz.com to learn more. That's the beauty of it is you don't really need a lot of stuff. You just need to have the ambition to do it. Not even ambition is kind of a strong word. It's just getting out there and doing it, I guess. This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, trying to help you find adventure every day in any stage of life. You're going to hear from explorers, adventurers, business owners, and anyone living their life a little more out of the box than usual. Today, we are talking about fishing, something that a lot of us do, but something that we don't talk about a lot on the show. But for a lot of us, you know, fishing or hunting is, is our way of getting outdoors and our way of getting outside. And you can combine those two with all kinds of different sports. And today we're talking specifically about hiking and paddling, uh, kayaking specifically. And, you know, you can combine these, you know, hunting and fishing in so many different ways. I just saw a guy the other day who was hunting on a fat tire bike. He would take his bike down a trail, you know, wherever he's hunting and and ride it to where he was going and carry his gun or his bow with him. And I just thought that was a cool way to combine, um, you know, staying active, staying healthy with something that you also want to do out in the outdoors. And so, you know, if that's your thing, great. Enjoy the episode. And this is coming from a listener suggestion. So if you ever have a suggestion on who to be on the show, please reach out. And uh, we try to honor that as much as we can and reach out to those people right away to get them on the show. So uh, enjoy and have a great week. Where, where's home for you and where are you coming from today? Um, right now I live in, in Southern Oregon. We moved up here about... Uh, about a year ago. And I've just kind of been using fishing as a way to explore kind of this new area. Um, the fishing's the fishing's great here. We're in Southern Oregon. We're in the town of Klamath Falls. And there's a lot of really great fishing opportunities around here. And for me, fishing has always kind of been a way to, you know, fit the things that I love into those fleeting weekend hours. So, you know, getting out there, hiking, paddling, paddling my kayak, fishing, it's a way to explore and it's a way to do the things that I'm, that I'm passionate about. So I'm somebody that likes to have a goal in mind when I, when I head out somewhere, I don't like to just wander. So, you know, some people like to go out hiking Mm -hmm. and just kind of see where it takes them. But, um, for me, you know, 
it could be it could be like getting to the top of a mountain or checking out a waterfall but but most of all and the thing that i get the most enjoyment from is is trying to find those new those new fishing spots and in some place that's still pretty new to me there's a lot of them there's a lot of places to check out and so that's that's pretty exciting man I, while i'm looking at a a map right now of Klamath Falls you guys have an enormous lake right there Upper yeah. Klamath Lake. And then when you kind of zoom out, there is a lot of water, just little lakes here and there. I don't know if they're alpine lakes or what, but there's rivers and lakes and reservoirs. And I can only imagine like, especially a year, you know, that's not that much yeah. time to explore an area that has something to do in every direction. It, it really isn't. And I've only been to a fraction of the places that I can visit out here. And most of the lakes around here are uh, a product of dams, they're, they're reservoirs or dammed rivers. You know, fishing that fishing each one, they all kind of have their own characteristics. Most of them you can you can find some kind of big fish in. Uh, the rivers up here, though, are where you know, some of the, some of the most fun action is they're the best chance to get kind of off the beaten path and hiking a little bit and getting, getting outside of the, of the, of the towns, just kind of doing some exploring. Now, yeah. So, so you mentioned, you know, you like to, you like to hike, you like to paddle and you like to fish. And I know that's kind of like the name of your Instagram as well. And we'll, we'll plug yeah. all that. Um, you know, it, it is the best day, just a, a combination of all three, or is it, you got to pick two? It's usually picking, picking two. Cause I imagine hiking, you don't want to carry an entire kayak with you too long <laughs> before I do, putting it I in. I do have an inflatable, but that still gets ah. pretty, pretty dang heavy if I'm, uh, if I'm <laughs> heading any, any kind of distance. So oh, yeah, it's usually either hike fish or paddle fish. You know, if I if I'm out there doing any number of those things, I'm I'm happy to be doing it. I I didn't grow up around here. Um, I grew up in in central New York, uh, East Syracuse, and I never really thought of myself as you know particularly outdoorsy as a kid. Um, so a lot of this stuff I'm coming to a little bit a little bit later in life. You know, we'd go we'd go camping. You know, like once a summer, maybe up in the Adirondacks. My mom and dad would, would take us fishing once in a while. We'd go places like the, the St. Lawrence River. Or, um, Oneida Lake is, is right, by, right by Syracuse. And they were really good about making sure we got out and, and did stuff. I, just, I think back then my, my priorities were different and I'd rather be at, <laughs> I'd have rather been at home playing video games than doing the great stuff that they, they had oh, planned yeah. for us. You know, I'm glad you said that. I, you know, I always want to hear the backstory and, you know, sometimes I get on a rabbit trail and, and don't come back to that during the interview. So thank you for yeah. drawing me in, reeling me in, if you will. Uh, <laughs> so, so when did, when did you start kind of taking hold of this and really making it a big part of your life? Cause that, that's interesting. You know, we, we do hear from a lot of people that don't grow up doing it. Um, but they end up finding it later in life. What did that look like for you? So, like I said, I did I did a little bit of fishing as a kid, and then I think in my adolescent and teenage years, I kind of got more into it. We we had a couple of really great places near where I grew up to go fishing um, that were only you know either less than a mile or just a couple of miles from from our house that I could walk to. Um, 
we live near the the Erie Canal, which um, it's it's man made. It's a canal. It was bit built back in I think like the 1820s as as like a barge canal, uh, mm. and it, it's dry in spots now, and or filled in or paved over. But there's just miles and miles of trail along it where people would run or ride their bikes or walk their dogs. Most of it's really accessible. And I would just spend hours walking along it with my fishing pole and just catching, you know, whatever I could, mostly bluegill and the occasional bass, um, just using worms, not really, not, not really thinking about, you know, fishing technique or anything like that. I just had my uh, pretty basic setup. And, you know, from the, from the canal you you could get to some of the other state parks in the area one of them being green lakes um which was a small but really deep lake with little trout in it and the area around it was beautiful just with pockets of old growth forest um sometimes i go with my brothers i got three younger brothers um or the neighborhood kids or you know by myself and i think even as a kid uh, it was a way for me to relax or just stop worrying about something that was bothering me, just just getting out there. And so it kind of came to me that way. And then, you know, going off to college, you kind of lose lose sight of some of this stuff, get caught up in other things. Um, and I don't think it was until really after college that I that I seriously got back into into fishing and just even just outdoors in general. I mean, so I moved, I moved west about 10 years ago. I'd gotten my master's in education back in 2009. Uh, but at the time, the, the economy was really bad. And, and, you know, even teachers weren't immune to it. So when a friend of mine called me about a seasonal job with the Forest Service out in Northern California, I was like, right on. You know, I, I jumped at the chance to, to do something like that. Oh, for sure. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I think I was a little bit nervous about starting teaching too. So <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> the chance to go hike around in the woods and, and get paid for it for, for a summer was, you know, that was basically the, the ideal right there. I, you know, I headed out to Chester, California, which is pretty small town up in up in Northern California. And I just kind of spent my weekends exploring out there and I rediscovered the outdoors. I hiked some segments of the PCT, which runs really close to town there. Lassen Volcanic National Park is right there, you know, maybe 30 minute drive at the most from there. Um, and, you know, where I could, I was bringing my fishing pole. There's actually a great little lake called Manzanita Lake uh, with pretty healthy populations of brown and rainbow trout up in, uh, up in Lassen. Uh, and it was fun to plan where I'd be able to access these new fishing spots or what lures or, or bait might be allowed and figure that out and see if there were any fishing reports available. So it was kind of this, you know, planning it was a pretty fun way to spend, you know, a few of those idle weekday hours figuring out what you're going to do on, on the weekend, getting out there. And so that that's kind of how I really got back into it. I ended up meeting my wife while I was working for the Forest Service. She um, she also worked for the for the Forest Service, and she she works there still actually. And I went back to teaching, and she ended up taking a, a promotion about a year ago, and we ended up in in Southern Oregon. And so you know, you mentioned you've been there a year. How, how do you like it so far? 
I'm really liking it. There's um, there's just so much outdoors uh, stuff to do here. There's a there's a small but pretty active outdoor community, and we've got our we've got our you know our outdoor store with the with kayaks and the hiking boots. It's it's small, but it's uh, it's a great place to visit. And there's a nice uh, nice little running store too in town. Um, there's miles and miles of uh, hiking trails and mountain biking trails really accessible to town. We have, if not the shortest, it's got to be one of the short shortest uh, rivers in the country that links you were talking about before Upper Klamath um, and Lake Iwona. Um, there's this really short little river that connects the two. Um, and it's actually got some some really nice tr- trout fishing if you're if you're able to kind of navigate the waters and figure out where to go. I've seen some people pull some good sized trout out of there, but it's got a it's got a great little hiking trail along it that you know people go and walk their dogs and stuff. And I've been down, up and down a few times. Awesome, yeah, that's that's funny. And your wife meet there, Chester, man. I, I have actually been there before. Uh, it was oh, really on a, a bike trip that was the um and i say this with with uh a lot of uh, almost uh nostalgia and, and comfort because i come from a place full of rednecks that was the only place in california i ever met rednecks <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, i was like wow i feel like there. i'm at home <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> Yeah, like I'm yep. in California. This is not the California that people told me about when I was growing up. That's for sure. <laughs> that yeah, that was the that was the shock for me coming out there from New York too. But I, you know, I spent a great summer there. Um, and in fact, they've got um, Lake Elmanor right there too, which has some mm-hmm. some of the best fishing in the in the state. I didn't really get to explore it too much because at the time I was, you know, just kind of scraping by. I didn't have a boat or anything <laughs> or anything to get out there with. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun little town to visit too. Yeah. So you must've been on highway, highway 50 trip. Is that what brought you through there? Kind of across, was it a cross country trip? It was kind of a tour of national parks on bikes. Oh, so nice. I, was, I was headed to Lassen, but I was coming up 89 and then I turned on to 36 and stayed at a little place called Cedar Lodge Motel and RV park. And there was this, uh, just a bunch of people out in this yard and they were like, Hey, what are you doing? Come here. <laughs> so they started just giving me beers. We went out and got steaks and they cooked them on the, it was, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun, but man, it felt, it felt like home. It was crazy. I really enjoyed that. It was a great day and um, just a fun mix of people right there in town. But uh, I just have very fond memories about that area. Uh, I drove out there 10 years ago now, drove out, ended up going through through Reno and then heading further west up that way. And it's a fun little town, though. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so before before I ended up in Oregon, you know, we kind of moved around California a little bit. I was teaching. And so we ended up moving out of Chester. We moved down closer to, to Sacramento. I, you know, even down there, I was fishing a, a fair amount. There's so many – when you move – out west from the from the east coast there's just so much public land it's it's uh it's kind of astonishing 
not always possible to take a French press or a coffee maker out in the woods with you, but thankfully now you don't have to because there is a great option in CS Instant Coffee. They make 100% Arabica Instant Coffee in compostable packaging. It's perfect for the outdoors or whenever you don't have the time to make a fresh pot. And right now, you can save 50% on your first order by going to csinstant.coffee and using the code ADVENTURE at checkout. One of my new favorite pieces of gear is actually my wallet. And that's because it's been inspired by simplicity by Rome products. It's a minimalist style wallet, holds my cash, my cards, holds it really tightly because it's elastic. And it's probably eliminated my wallet size down by 60 to 70%. They offer a variety of designs from artistic to patterns and they're machine washable if they get dirty. They come with a little carabiner so you can clip it to things like your keys or your lanyard. And they also offer a complete line of silicone rings with a variety of styles and colors. So if you're tired of carrying around a big bulky wallet, go to wheredoyouroam.com and use the code podcast with a capital P at checkout for 20% off. I love it. And it is, but it's overwhelming because there's so many, it's almost frustrating how many options there are to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. And so even near Sacramento, you've got, you know, Tahoe is a pretty short trip and we had the, the El Dorado National Forest right nearby. And so I, I did some fishing up in there, but one thing I got into in California that I'd never never even heard of before, but a few of my friends got me into it was, uh, diving for abalone out on the, out on the coast. Oh, what is, yeah. Tell me, I don't, I don't know what that is. So, so, and I didn't really know either before we started doing it, but, um, abalone are, um, they're, they're a mollusk. They're a sea snail, mm. um, that people dive for and collect for food and, um, you know, this goes back to the, the Native Americans. They were a big, big food source for the coastal Native Americans. And their shells are, they're flat and oval shaped. And they're really, they're actually really beautiful, but they're not a spiral like you think of with, I don't know, like a conch shell or something like that. They're, they're flat. Um, they almost look like, you know, one half of a, of a clam shell. And then they have these siphon holes in the in the top of them, and they're they're dark red or pink on top, and then on the other side they're they're kind of a an iridescent mother of pearl. And you're looking for basically the legal size on one is seven inches, but you know I've I've seen them up to ten inches, so pretty pretty good sized shells that you're basically out there, and you have to free dive. For them, so no, so no oxygen, and you take a float or a, or a kayak out. You you dive down. You know, sometimes you can get them at like five or six feet, but oftentimes it's around ten or fifteen feet that you're diving that you're diving to, and you know, better divers can get down much farther. And you you pull them off the rocks. They they can be really hard to get off there once you once you get down to the bottom and you 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 kind of grab onto them. And those Northern California waters can get uh, can get pretty rough at times too. Oh, so gosh. you're out there, yeah, and cold. <laughs> yeah, 
So you're out there getting kind of tossed around, but it, oh man, it's a blast. And it, it was just like exploring an entirely new environment down there. You've got the, the, the kelp forests, there's urchins and there's these fish you've never, you've never seen before and, and starfish. But unfortunately, back, uh, I think it was in 2017, they canceled the abalone season. What happened was due to, I think, warming waters, warming ocean, <clears throat> There's more sea urchins now to, uh, that eat the kelp. That's the main food source for the for the abalone. And so there's uh, the the abalone season is closed until 2021, I think, to give the to give the population a chance to to come back a little bit. So you see something like that happen, and it really it really kind of hits home the importance of maintaining these these ecosystems. Um, you know, not just for sportsmen, it's not, you know, those things aren't just there for us to go out and, and collect. They're part of a, a much larger ecosystem. And it makes you realize just the, the importance of, of maintaining that and trying to be good stewards, um, following the rules that fish and game set out there for us. So I, I hope the population is able to recover. Um, like I said, it's a really, really amazing experience, the amount of life out there in the cold water. You know, I've doing that, I've had seals swim, you know, right up to me, just just like they were, you know, a, a friendly dog or something. And the first time it happened, I, uh, I thought I'd had this amazing moment with nature. But the, <laughs> the guy I was diving with, he kind of he kind of burst my bubble. He, he said, I, I think he just wanted to see what you had in the in the bag. I think he thinks you have food on you. <laughs> so we keep the abalone in these mesh sacks or in float tubes. And he insists that's what the, the seal was was interested in. The seal wasn't wasn't trying to have a have a moment, <laughs> which is probably the case. Like a dog only wants to be around you if you have a, a treat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. So, so you know, not only do you take uh, kayaks out and fish and hike and fish, you, you're doing stuff like that too. There, there seems to be a lot of different ways you're fishing in the water. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so that's, I'm really still a novice at almost all of it. You know, I, uh, I can manage to get out there and occasionally catch some fish not get lost or fall off a cliff or drown. But, you know, I'm still learning a, a lot. I try to vary it up. So, you know, I might be trying different fishing techniques, different lures, fishing different kinds of uh, different bodies of water. I mean, it's always exciting, but it also means that, <laughs> that I'm not always the greatest at what I'm doing. <laughs> Hey man, that's that's what we're all about here on this show is getting out there and trying and getting better. To me, you're an expert, you know, but to to you, you probably think you don't know anything, but in all honesty, you've you've learned a ton going out there. So so take us through like what 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 does it when you have a weekend and you say, "All right, I want to go I want to go hike or paddle and fish." Um what do you what what kind of stuff do you have to get ready that you've learned so far and, and where are you going what what does this place look like is it a lake or is it a, a river somewhere where have you kind of enjoyed going so over the summer I was fishing in the reservoirs a lot and it kind of in later summer the nice thing is the the reservoir levels drop um, and a lot of times you can't even get a, a motorized boat in into the reservoir from the um, from the boat launches just because the water levels get so low so that time of year the 
kayakers kind of have the have the run of the place depending on what i'm doing depends on whether i bring uh my dog along because he's he's usually good for a hike but he gets kind of he gets a little nervous in the (laughs) in the in the kayak or (laughs) or the canoe but i try to bring him when i can and then you know my wife will come along if it's kind of more hiking or paddling centric you know she's not she's always up for for going out and and exploring but she's not really into the into the whole fishing thing that's that's something that i kind (laughs) of do by myself um but i you know i'll throw the kayak i have a pretty small kayak it was given to us it was uh given to us by a friend who's roommate had just left it behind and it was just taking up space in in his garage i think so i i needed to do uh, a few um repairs and a, a few little kind of updates on it to get it to get it seaworthy again but it's small enough that i can throw it in the back of my subaru outback just put a little tarp down i i treat the back of that thing like it's a truck so it gets yeah. kind of beat up back. i think most people do <laughs> with those outbacks i see all kinds of stuff back in those things <laughs> so you know that it goes pretty much end to end it's like up sitting on the dashboard and leaning against the 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 trunk hatch but i get it in there and then you know most of the most of the good fishing spots i can get to within half hour 45 minutes um, I make sure I've got the right, uh, the right fishing gear. There's a lot of places in Oregon, especially the streams and rivers where you can't use any sort of, uh, live bait. So going to the fishing shop, figuring out, you know, am I going to be using spinners here? Um, is bait allowed, uh, getting what I need there to make sure that I'm following, following all the rules like I'm supposed to checking, um, uh, fish and wildlife website and figuring out what, what I'm allowed to keep. I do, I do a lot of catch and release, but you know, occasionally, especially in the reservoirs where it's stocked trout, it can be nice to bring a couple of them and, uh, you know, fry them up on the grill. So just figuring out what the rules are for that particular body of water. And then just, uh, looking at, looking at Google maps, figuring out how to get there and, um, just heading out. I probably should do a little bit more. As I as I'm saying this, I'm thinking I should probably do a little bit more plan- <laughs> planning than I actually do. Oh but it's man! Usually getting out there pretty early. Uh, you know, waking up at four thirty, five o'clock to get out there. And and so th- this is what I find is the is the secret of fishing. You don't. You know, sometimes it makes a difference whether you're out there early or not. But I think the real reason fishermen get up early and go out there is because they know that if they're off fishing the day away there's there's somebody at home that's waiting for them to do the other stuff they need to do over the weekend oh (laughs) i bet that's a big part of it for sure (laughs) so i try to you know limit it to uh to the mornings and get back so i can take care of those other home responsibilities that I have, you know, if I'm out fishing and don't mow the lawn that day, that's a, that'll be a problem. Later on. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I'm, I'm glad, you know, you said a lot of good things in that. And, and one that stuck out to me was, you know, you just throw in the kayak in the back of your Subaru. Uh, you, you know, it, we tell people a lot on this show, 
you don't need you don't need everything to be perfect to go make it happen. Like you, you, you could sit there and say, Oh, I need a truck or, Oh, I need a certain kayak to do this. Or, Oh, I need a certain, you know, fishing pole. Even, uh, you know, mm-hmm. when we're home, we, my dad has a few kayaks and, and we went out for a sunrise fishing trip on a lake last month in Florida. And we just threw everything in the truck that morning, mm-hmm. didn't even tie it down. And we just drove slow on some back roads you know, and and got and it's only like half a mile away. We get there and just put everything in the lake and go, and it was just an amazing experience that took such little planning. Um, and sometimes it's better that way. Just you know, don't over plan it and get out as early as you can so you can take it up. It doesn't take it doesn't take all the right gear necessarily as much as it yeah. takes the will and some discipline. Get up early, just make it happen. You'll be happy you did. And I'm sure when you get home and mow the lawn that afternoon, you you get to just enjoy the fact I spent, you know, three, four, five hours this morning fishing at sunrise. It was awesome. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's easy to, especially I think with with outdoor sports to get to get kind of gear obsessed mm-hmm. and let that kind of, you know, almost overtake the the sport itself. But I, I honestly and like I said, with, with getting that kayak, that was a big, uh, windfall, but, um, I have not spent very much on gear at all. I'm, I'm a teacher, so it's not like I have a ton of money to go spending on new kayaks and things like that anyway. So, you know, doing, doing what you can with what you, with what you have is definitely a big part of it. Oh, absolutely, man. And teacher. So you, so you ended up taking the jump eventually. Yeah, I did. I did. I've been teaching for, um, I've been teaching for, this is my seventh year teaching out here. So I I'm doing it. <laughs> man. Well, well, I tell you what, I'm scrolling through your Instagram and you know, there's beautiful pictures of these wonderful places with the fish. You know, I, I don't see pictures of gear. I, I see the actual adventure. You know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. seeing like, here's my truck with my boat and all this. And no, I'm seeing these awesome shots of these gorgeous places. And it's like, you think I care what kayak you're in? No, you're out there <laughs> and I'm not. That's the important thing. And I'm, and I'm jealous. So, so you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, you're out there for the right reasons and making it happen. Yeah. And the, the good pictures are when my wife is along. She's the, uh, she's for sure the photographer and I'm, uh, Man, especially doing catch and release on some of those fish, it's it's hard to get that <laughs> to get that shot. You know, you don't want to hurt the fish if you're releasing it, so you're trying to get it off the hook and back into the water as soon as possible and get that get that quick little shot. So I have a lot of of blurry fish shots before <laughs> before I let them go again, and I've dropped a lot back into the river before I take a picture of them too. <laughs> so. Oh man, that happens. So so you know you're saying you're you're you are a teacher and, and you can't necessarily just go out and buy everything you want I totally get it my wife's been teaching for five years and uh I understand time off for you is extremely uh precious and probably pretty rare so when you get out there let me ask you this what what kind of you know like what's your mindset what's your goal are you are you trying to catch a certain amount are you trying to get a certain size or are you just out there enjoying and then also on top of that what what are what are you catching typically Um, so yeah, it's really just about exploring these new spots. And if you're fishing someplace you've never fished before, a lot of times it's about 
figuring out, you know, again, what kind of gear you need. But, you know, mostly I'm fishing in the rivers. I'm fishing for trout. Um, a lot of times you can catch beautiful native rainbow trout All in this area. There's also um, what are called red band trout, which which basically look pretty similar uh, to a rainbow trout, except the red coloring down the side is a, a little bit different. Um, and a lot of these streams I'm going to, I'm catching pretty small, you know, 10 inch trout and just releasing them, releasing them back. And one thing with that is just making sure you have the right kind of gear. So you're not hurting those, those smaller trout are pretty delicate. So I've uh, experimented with gear, just trying to make sure that they don't swallow the hook. So spinners work pretty well. I've also used actually some fly lures. I don't fly fish yet. I'd like to someday, but I have been using uh, using flies on the river with just a regular spinning rod and reel, and I have caught some fish doing that as well. So I would say the main place that I'm fishing is along the Klamath River. And the Klamath, it changes so much from mile to mile that exploring it and going down it, it's it's like going to a new place every few miles along it because the the Klamath I believe it's about 250 miles long but most of it's in in California um, with something like 38 I think miles in Oregon some of it's dammed up in reservoirs and some of it's used for hydropower and some of it's um, just kind of slack water but where it's running faster and you get those those kind of deeper pools there's some great trout fishing spots on it and there's actually a a plan to remove some of the dams in california and oregon starting next year and their hope there i believe is to improve the the salmon run so the river is going to change significantly so i'm exploring it now but in a few years time it could be it could be completely different and in the meantime you know, I'm just trying to have a good time fishing some of the harder spots to get down to the bottom of canyons, kind of sliding down scree slopes to check out these fishing holes that maybe not as many people have been to. And just, you know, that kind of stuff. I had to I did have to buy a new pole recently because the current is is pretty strong in some of these spots. So if you hook into a three or four pound fish and the water's moving fast, man, it can feel like you've got a 20 pounder on the end of that thing and it's easy to it's easy to lose them i uh the first time i went there i I just did not have the right gear i had these fit i i hooked into a couple fish and they ended up just bending the bending the hook on me getting off and i was like well i'm gonna have to make some changes here you know live and learn right i mean but that's a fun part of it too you know experiencing that making making some of the mistakes and you know just trying to trying to improve but there's also i mean there's there's rivers there are alpine lakes um there's reservoirs like i said that that have some pretty big stocked trout in them and you could fish for trout or bass i've caught some perch there's some salmon spots uh, as you get a little closer to the coast i mean and that and you know th- this is just inland stuff you know oregon's got miles and miles of coastline too that you can fish all sorts of things, which I've just had a, just a little bit of experience with. But there are a couple places that I would like to to get to. Um, one of them is there's a place called the Gearheart Wilderness, 
and that's a little ways uh, northeast from where from where we are in in Oregon. And there's a lake called Blue Lake out in the middle of it, and it's supposed to have some, you know, hungry trout in it. And I like the I, I like the idea of hoofing it out there a few miles into the wilderness where it's just accessible by trail and uh, catching some fish. So for the last six months, I have completely switched over to Umbra sunglasses. And that's because they fixed everything that frustrates me about sunglasses. First of all, they removed the arms. So it's just a cord that connects the frame and it goes around your head. And it's able to cinch and securely fit against my head, doesn't shake off at all. And when you pull them off, it's completely flat because there's no arms, so you can't break them. So I put them in my pocket and they're good to go. You can wear them in the river, you can wear them biking, you can wear them playing basketball outside. They're not going to fall off. And you don't get a headache from the arms pressing up against you. I was skeptical until I put them on and honestly, I, I don't even have any other pair of sunglasses now. And also they give back to the environment. They use zero plastic packaging. They plant 20 trees per every pair that's sold. And to date, they've planted over 125,000 mangrove trees. So if you'd like to get a pair, go to ombras.com. And that is O-M-B-R-A-Z.com. just sounds awesome honestly just there's so much so many different ways to do this you know with all, with all the different types of water and you know salt and fresh and you've got all that kind of at your fingertips you know yeah. with, with the time you have off do, do you have a particular day or a particular experience that just can kind of paint a picture of of what a day out here doing this is like for someone who never has done it um, sure. I, I can actually talk a little bit, uh, a little bit about yesterday. So perfect, fresh. Yeah. So yesterday, there's there's a section of the the Klamath River that's closed until October first because they um, there's some native trout there and they want to make sure that they have time to to let the population rebound. So it's it's seasonally it's seasonally open there. Um, and so it opened up on October 1st and it gets pretty, you know, this time of year it gets fished pretty hard. So, um, you know, I got up not super early. I, I think I got up at like six 30 yesterday and I made sure I had my, my gear ready. I just bought, uh, the, the new fishing pole from, uh, from the store the day before. So it's ready to get try out. Um, make sure I got all my, my lures with me head out. So a lot of it, uh, that probably the toughest part, once you get off, once you get uh, out of your car and, and start walking, it's usually, you know, relaxing and you can kind of make your way to the, wherever you're going to fish. But a lot of the times the biggest challenge is driving to some of these spots before you get out and can actually start walking. So the Klamath the Klamath River does have some roads that run along it, but um, they're, they're they're pretty rugged. So figuring out how to get there, talking to some people um, until you, you kind of find that that spot where there's nobody there's nobody fishing it, um, but it looks like a deep enough pool. The water's uh, going too fast, but it's not too slow that the you know fish are avoiding avoiding it either, and just 
hiking down. A lot of times it's kind of bushwhacking for a little bit, hiking down, taking a look at the water, making a few casts and see if you get a good feeling about it. Or maybe, you know, you're just getting snagged and you're like, well, you know, this is a recipe for a miserable couple of hours <laughs> right, if, I keep, right. if I keep fishing here. Uh, I mean, that happens a lot too, but you know, you got to eliminate those spots. And then if I'm lucky, I'll, uh, I'll catch a few fish. And like I said, I, I mostly do do catch and release, but you know, every once in a while I'll keep one to bring home and, and, and cook up. But especially fishing the native fish, I try to be real, real careful with those ones and, uh, and do catch and release. If you're getting snagged a lot, it can, it can make for a frustrating day. I, I think that's the biggest reason I don't hunt or fish anymore is just, I never was very successful. So I'm like, you know what? Forget, I'm just going to walk around out here. I'm going to just hike <laughs> yeah, and forget yeah. about setting this other goal. Cause I've I'd never reach it. And I feel like a failure every time I get back to my truck, I'm just going for a hike instead. <laughs> Yeah, it's I mean it's it's rough getting skunked, but for me, so here's the here's the kind of double-edged sword for fishing for me. I if I go out, if I go out and I don't catch anything and then, you know, I come home, I immediately want to go fishing again cuz I'm like, I can I okay, I got to catch something cuz that didn't that that didn't, you know, scratch the itch, right? Right, right. But then if you do go out and you catch something, it just makes you that much more excited for it. So you still want to go out and go fishing, <laughs> go fishing the just next vicious day. cycle, vicious <laughs> cycle fishing, man. That, that'll, that, that has sucked a many of people, many of people into to quite a, uh, quite a lifelong pursuit and obsession for sure. But, you know, and, and I think, you know, the best way to go about pursuing hunting or fishing, uh, it, it is this more rugged approach. You know, if you can, if you can incorporate hiking or backpacking into it, I have a friend that spends a week out in the wilderness, like way out in the wilderness hunting elk every year. And he's out mm-hmm. there like, you know, backpacking essentially. Um, and it just seems like an incredible way to, to harvest some, some food and some meat and to kind of, really experienced nature. And it's usually those types of people as well that are, that are the biggest advocates for protecting these places, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, you're always going to have kind of the bad apples among the, and I don't even consider the people that don't do it responsibly sportsmen because they're not, you know, they're, right. they're, they're poachers or, you know, just general jerks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so the, the sportsmen that I know, the hunters and the fishermen, they're, they're, actively and passionately involved in maintaining these maintaining these places you know when i go out there i you know i try to practice proper catch and release but i also try to leave the place you know if it is evident and somebody else has been there before me i try to leave the place a little bit better than i than i found it you know pulling out some some line you know if there's any containers or cans or anything like that left around just cleaning it up a little bit and you know most of the fishermen i know are the same way. And, but you know, it only takes one person to have fished that place irresponsibly to kind of mess it up for a little while. So, but yeah, for the most part, all the sportsmen I know are actively interested in making sure that the area is, is cared for. Same here. I I, I see it more often than not that people, especially, you know, especially fishermen, it seems like it's just easier to get into. Like you don't need so much 
you don't need a gun or a bow or something. You don't need so it's not such a big threshold to, for entry. And so, so there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of crossovers between fishing and, and backpacking and mountain biking and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, they seem to be extremely conscious of that. I do a little fishing here at Alpine lakes up in the lakes up here in Colorado. And it's just, it's just a w- awesome addition. It's like having a campfire at the end of the day. It's just a wonderful addition to the experience. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just really f- makes you feel a part of it and makes you feel self-sustaining and it's just, just awesome. So, so if someone does want to get into this, what do you recommend, you know, like, you know, just a handful of pieces of gear and, and how do they go about that? What, what would you tell them? If you're just fishing for trout in some of these streams, making sure that you have the um, kind of approved gear. But uh, so, you know, if you're not supposed to be using bait, making sure that you have spinner lures or spoons or whatever might be working for that particular body of water. My favorite piece of gear is probably I think I spent about 25 bucks on it, but it's a collapsible rod and reel combo that fits right into the side pocket of my day pack and I keep it right in my car just in case, you know, just in case case I find that you see some fish crossing the road. Yep. (laughs) Um, so that's really what that's, that's the important thing. Have a good, have a good backpack, uh, have a small tackle box that you can throw a couple of lures in, have that collapsible rod and reel combo and you know, a map and that, you know, you can get that, you can get that for free online or you can spend some money on a on a nice map from you know one of the from an outdoor store or someplace that specializes in in hiking or and just get out there find a find a spot that you want to explore that maybe has a creek or a stream or a lake that's a little ways off the beaten path and you know make sure you got a good pair of shoes and the right the right clothing and head out there just you know there's that that's the beauty of it is you don't you don't really need a lot of stuff you just need to have the the ambition to do it i guess you know you just not even amb- ambition's kind of a strong word it's just kind of uh just getting out there and doing it i guess that's the biggest thing man i'm telling you you know put your phone down uh you know turn off the tv you know, you can watch the highlights of that game later. Like I'm telling you, for for yeah. your well-being, for your mental health, just getting out there, even if it's you know half an hour or less, it is extremely helpful. It's beneficial, important. In a you know, quick story, I was up. I've shared this story before, but I was up hiking at a trailhead, and it was one of those trailheads like you were talking about, really hard to get to. I'm like, dang mm-hmm. man, I, this is kind of hairy. But all these like sprinter vans, you know, that are tricked out, you know, people living in them and they're up at this trailhead getting ready to hike this mountain. And there was this Corolla there, like kind of kind of an older just Corolla. And this dude was sleeping in the back, but he had just opened the door, was putting on his socks and, and hiking shoes. And and he was I got to talking to him. He's like, yeah, you know, it was a little rough getting up here, but I slept up here last night and uh, I'm going to hike this mountain. I just thought, you know, here I am thinking I need a bigger truck to get up here and this guy's got a Corolla and he's just making it happen. And it's just, he's going for it. And and guess what? He got to enjoy the same mountain in the same way that everyone driving the $60,000, you know, camper vans did. 
and he got to have an awesome experience and without what you know what an advertisement would say you needed of course because they're trying to sell you stuff but if you got the will you know there's there's definitely a way you know to sound cliche yeah for sure and and also i don't even think you have to go too far to to have that adventure there there's some people for you know it's just not a reality for them to be able to get to some of these to some of these trailheads you don't it's it's not like you have to be in the back country to to enjoy an adventure right it's just it's just a mentality it's an openness to trying something new going someplace you've never been before. You know, for me, it, it would be great to be out there crossing continents and catching river monsters like like Jeremy Wade, right? But right now I don't have I don't have the skills or the resources to so so instead of catching like a you know a three foot long tiger fish, I'm out there catching 10 inch long, you know, rainbow trout, but it's fantastic for me. And in I was just actually in in Seattle over the summer for work. I was at a conference there. And I brought my fishing pole, and I mean, it doesn't it doesn't get too much more urban than than Seattle, right? Right, but right. I got up early one morning. I took my rental car to a, a city park on Puget Sound. So this is like five in the morning. I I went the day before, got my one day fishing license for Washington, and I, and I asked, you know, I'm just asking the guys at the shop what kind of gear, and I guess they were fishing for king salmon, were uh, in the Puget Sound, and so I. Grabbed a couple of lures. Um, I grabbed some some herring for bait, and I went out there for a few hours before before work started. Met some cool old timers that were fishing out there. Told me all the things I was doing wrong. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> but I didn't. I, so I didn't end up catching any salmon. But I switched to I switched to bait. I caught a few dog dogfish which are, you know, just kind of little, little sharks, but it's something I've, I've never done before and might not get a chance to do again. And, and I think that's what adventure is. It's like creating this experience for yourself. That's, that's brand new. Can't be, can't be any truer. I had one of the biggest adventures of my life in downtown, downtown Seattle, just trying to find this 24 hour breakfast place. And you're right. It it can be (laughs) urban it can be in the middle, you know, like you said, of a city or, or uh, traffic even or wherever. Adventure is to be had everywhere. So so folks that maybe aren't, you know, wanting to try fishing, if you're listening, take these lessons and apply it to whatever it is you do, whether it's, you know, with bikes or running or just exploring, explore somewhere. Um, you know, it's it's adds so much to life and helps you see things in such a such a better light and have a lot more fun living your life, honestly. So, so if people want to follow you and, and kind of what you're doing, what, what's the best place to go for them? Um, the best place. So I have a very kind of, uh, I would say my, my Instagram profile is kind of in its infancy right now, but you know, I, I started posting pictures, uh, of what I do. And mainly, it's just a great way. So I follow a bunch of other fishermen and outdoorsmen and people that are just out there hiking because, you know, it's great during the week if you're having a, a stressful day. And there's a, there's a lot to be said about unplugging and staying away from your phone and things like that. But just going on to Instagram and seeing some, some fish pictures or some pictures of uh, some beautiful outdoor scenery can really relieve a lot of stress for me. (laughs) So there's, there's value in that as well. But my, uh, my, my Instagram is 
hike underscore paddle underscore fish. Um, and you can find me there. Or if anybody wants to reach out to me via email, it's hike paddle fish, all one word, no spaces, dot info uh, at gmail.com. So those are those are kind of the two ways to, to get a hold of me. Oh, I almost forgot the best the the best thing about my uh, my I, I kind of trailed off there on my uh, fishing adventure yesterday yeah, is yeah. I uh, I caught the biggest trout I've caught yet in the Klamath River yesterday. Um, I just posted pictures of that. I mean, you got to have those big fish pictures on there if I'm if I'm to be taken seriously, right? right so right. <laughs> I, I landed a um, about a 19 inch uh, native rainbow yesterday. Beautiful fish. One of the most beautiful fish I've ever caught in my entire life. I can't believe I forgot that part when I was telling the story. Dang, <laughs> the yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I got that I got that posted on there. And yeah, it's just a way, because a lot of times I'm doing this, you know, I sometimes I'm out there with my wife. Sometimes I'm out there with my dog. But a lot of times I'm out there by myself and, you know, and that's great. Sometimes I love the solitude, but then you want to be able to share it with people, at least prove that you that you caught something while you were out there. That's a big part of it, too. So and then just connecting with other like minded people via the Internet is um, can be a really positive experience. Well, I'm, I'm going to be following you and uh, you know, I encourage everyone else to. That is the world we live in. You know, it's a mobile, you know, Internet based social media world and if we can put that to use for the better let's do it you know it's it's going to be i'm going to have the phone in front of my face for a certain amount of time each day just just for work or whatever <laughs> yeah it's kind of the world we live in it's kind of i gotta do email you know answer emails every day so if i can have that you know cross over into this adventure life more and more than you know the better aaron thank you so much for joining us man this was this was awesome Oh, you're welcome. It, it was it was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. Yeah, like I said, being a, a fairly long time listener, it was great to uh, get this get this glimpse behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, there's not much to it to be honest. You pull back the curtain, it's just me sitting at my desk. <laughs> All right, well, have a good one. All right, you too, Mason. All right, see ya. Bye right, bye. First of all. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash adventure sports podcast. Link is in the show notes. And also, if you have an idea of who could be a good guest for the show, we're always looking for people to tell their story uh, about the outdoors or adventure. So if you know someone, please reach out. Email us at info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And until then, get out there and have some fun. <laughs>